into being. Its purpose is enlightenment. Its product is coast boys. Welcome back to the Best Coast Boys Podcast. I am your host, Landon McCool. I am joined, as always, with my co-host, John Oning. Uh, John, say what's up to the people and tell them where they can find you and your work. How's it going, everybody? It's a glorious Thursday morning. Your blue skies. The sun is draining me with its microwave heat, but I'm doing well besides that. Uh, you guys know where to follow me on Twitter, at John Oning, J-O-H-N-O-W-N-I-N-G. And follow my work at sportsday.com with the Dallas Morning News. Got a fun series coming out on Dak's best throws from 2018 right now. I think you guys will enjoy it. Please clickety-clickety-click. And yeah, how are you doing, Landon? Doing good. I, I'm, uh, I'm trying to prepare myself for the, the long road ahead of, of no football. It's, it's the last... Last of these long roads, and it's the home stretch before we finally get at least something that resembles football. Uh, but still, it, it's there's a lot of uh, uh, you know just nothing in front of me. So I, I'm trying to collect TV shows that I need to catch up on. I'm trying to you know um, find uh, movies that I missed that that have come out that I that I need to go revisit. It's it's a bunch of that sort of thing, you know, kind of just finding stuff to do uh, between. You know, rewatching old Cowboys games, I guess. Um, today on the show, we because we are right before uh, the the training camp bonanza of information. Uh, we thought we'd do a little reset and just kind of talk about where the the positions are on the team and 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 what we think. You know, just kind of projecting out from where we are pre training camp. Uh, as to what where we think the, the positions are going and, and how like they'll stack up and the usage of each position, that sort of thing. So it's just kind of a, a training camp preview of, of where I think the, the players are right now. And it, it should be good to kind of go back later um, and, uh, you know, try to compare it later to, to what we think about once training camp has been done and, and, and see just how much it's changed and that sort of thing. So uh, let's let's get into it, shall we, John? Deserve. All right. Um, I thought we'd start on the offense. Um, and I think that, you know, the offense seems to be, you know, despite the fact that they got the second round pick in, in the, on the defense and, and um, uh, they, they really, even the first offensive pick they picked is a guy who likely is going to come in here um, as a backup, you know, or, or at least, you know, at the best case scenario, fighting for a, a starting job. Right. Um, I, I think that this, despite all that, there seems to be more, uh, excitement for what's going on on the offensive side of ball uh, offensive side of the ball. than there is at least on the defense. I feel like the defense people, you know, know what it is. They kind of have an idea of where that could be. They think it, it can be better. There's no shiny um, toys on defense, really. There's no little shiny balls that they could follow new things. Offense, there's potentially going to be a lot of changes from what yeah, we saw all last the imp- year. 
all the improvement that's happening on the offensive side seems to be happening, you know, well, they've added this and they've added this, or we're getting this guy back and another year of this. On the defense side, it seems like it's all just internal growth, right? They, they, mm-hmm. All the guys that are in here are he's still here, and they're all young, and, and, and hopefully with another year, they're going to be better players. So um, keeping that in mind, like, it's, it's a little bit harder, I think, to project what's going on, what's going to happen on the offensive side of ball. And that's all, all of that is to preface that. Uh, we, you know, we, we're going to talk about this, but obviously, without having seen any training camp yet, it, it, especially things like the wide receiver spot, is going to be difficult to kind of parse out. But mm-hmm. here we go. Yeah. So, um, and let's start there. I think let's start with the wide receivers, right? Okay. Um, you know, Amari Cooper coming into the into uh, the Cowboys midseason was obviously a huge boost to the team, and 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 I think you know I've been going back and kind of watching rewatching a, a lot of these games post Amari. Yeah, you know, I've kind of done a th- thing of watching, you know, a, a non Amari game and then an Amari game and then non Amari game, but not necessarily like, you know, going in order of the season. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's just so striking the difference this team ha- made it, the difference on the team uh, when Amari Cooper was, was, was there and, and part of, you know, the, the game planning part of the, the team. Now that he's in here and, and he's getting a, uh, you know, a full off season here. You know, we we saw what we got out of Amari Cooper uh, last year. Where, how much, you know, further along do you think that connection between uh, Dak and, and Amari Cooper can it go? And and, and what what do you think that's going to look like? You know, next year. I mean, he had seven hundred and twenty five yards receiving. I think in mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like nine games. So, uh, where do you think that goes from here? Do you think that goes up in that kind of production, game by game production? Yeah, I think you're going to see a very uh, similar return this year. I think what I think you're going to see is going to be more consistency from him week to week. Last year, he was kind of boom or bust. He had big games or he kind of did, had uh, less productive games. I wouldn't say he wasn't impactful because he was still very impactful and still played well. He was getting open a lot, but he just didn't get a lot of productivity in those games. And I think you're going to see him be much more consistent and have those few bumps where he goes crazy for those couple of games every year. But you're going to see his baseline, his floor for every game I think be a little bit higher this year but I'm just really excited this for what this potential improvements on this uh, offensive scheme can do for him specifically I think Dak being more accurate is going to help him out a lot I think being comfortable into the scheme another year is going to be good them being able to talk to him and bounce ideas off of him throughout their offseason is a big deal because as Kellen Moore has stated a lot in his press car in his talks this offseason is how much he likes player input about what they like to do. And I think that's going to help a guy like Amari Cooper help him unlock that next level of productivity. Yeah. And I think having an off season to work in the system and inside a new, the new system too, it's just, they're going to have more opportunity to now that they know his skill set, they know his game even better than they did when, when they traded for him. I think it's going to provide more opportunity for them to scheme him open and find ways to get him open and to, and to use him in better ways because, uh, uh, you know, they just have a better idea of what they've got now, uh, that he's, that he's here and he's arrived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He kind of um, got it. He was kind of, uh, running a very, a reduced route tree with the Cowboys. You saw him running a lot of slants, yeah. a lot of goes, a lot of stops. There wasn't a lot of variety and it's not because he didn't know how to run. It's just because he was new in the scheme and they only taught him probably went in only wanted to teach him one position so that he didn't get overwhelmed with all the concepts they have. So 
another year, like we said, comfortable in the system. Being able to run a fuller route tree within this team is just going to be even more beneficial for the Cowboys' offense. Yeah, I, I I agree. And um, and and you know, when you look back at what he did last year, uh, it, it was it was just impressive, just to kind of you know the, the his the idea that he was able to come in you know mid season to a new team. And you're right, like they didn't give him a ton of stuff. Um, just because I think that they knew that you know it would probably help his learning curve to kind of come in slowly a little bit. Not that he can't learn information quickly. He seems like an incredibly bright guy. Uh, but I think what it does is that it um, it allows him. And to, in, and to be honest, you know these are routes that he dominates on anyway. <laughs> his his quickness just he dominates on 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 slants and those kind of routes. So he was going to come in and have success uh, regardless if if they focused on the stuff that he did well. So. Uh, yeah, and just an expanded role. That's that's what I think it is next year is more of, of him getting an opportunity to in different opportunities to get the ball. Um, let's talk about, uh, you know, the guy that came in from the outside and I think in Randall Cobb. And, and let's just kind of actually just talk about the top three guys. Let's talk about Cobb and Michael Gallup uh, in conjunction with, with, with Cooper. Uh, you know, I think that we see that Gallup seems to be meshing well in the OT these OTAs and mini camps with with uh with with Dak. I, that's not really super surprising. I mean, I think he's the kind of guy who um, is diligent and and just you know really wants to get in and learn the playbook well. Um, you know, we're already getting kind of reviews that are implying that he's you know even operating well on uh, you know when uh, the play breaks down and 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 kind of in conjunction with. Uh, scramble drill with Dak and that sort of thing. Um, I think that, you know, I, I've kind of said all along that they may have not replaced a better, uh, they may not have replaced Beasley with a better receiver, but I think this trio of Gallup, Cooper, um, and, and Cobb uh, is a much better trio not I mean obviously than where they started last year, but but even where they ended last year, um, just because I think again they not that Cole Beasley is a, a worse better. player, just what what they can do. You know, of course Gallup has gotten a lot better. I think Cooper's going to be a lot better, and I think that Cole Beasley, um, you know, for as good as he is at what he does, is very limited in what he does, and 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 adding Cobb in there allows them to do more things with each one of these players. Talk to me about your thought process for these, you know, for these three receivers do we think that there's going to be a situation where you know they are we going to rely more on 11 personnel what what do you see for the future of this trio yeah i do like you said i think their styles really complement each other really well i think that you can move them around a little bit more you can vary their responsibilities they can take over each other's responsibilities a little bit better than you could with cole beasley who you said kind of had a unique but narrow skill set and like you said, I really do think that the 11 personnel with those three receivers on the field, being able to stretch the field with any one of the three, any one of the three can win intermediate, any one of the three can win in the short game. That's going to be really beneficial for the offense and allow, leaving them not be super predictable. We, the Cowboys offense was way too predictable in the past years. And the, with the skill sets of your top three receivers, the, it lessens the predictability of this offense. Yeah. And I think that. From what it sounds like, if, if, if they're able to stay healthy, uh, I think that there's a very high likelihood that they will be on the field quite a bit. 
Um, I do think that, you know, they will try to, um, you know, try to rotate in guys as needed. And, mm-hmm. and that, that kind of brings us to the down roster wide receivers. What's going to be interesting to see is what, how they assemble the rest of the, the down roster guys, because I think if, is it a mixture of, do you just get the best guys? Are you trying to get specific skill sets on the team? Does the fact that you have Tony Pollard now mean that you don't necessarily need that Tavon Austin role on the at, at, at the wide receiver? Um, so I, I think these are all questions that we'll start to get answers from. I don't know that all of them are you know completely clear. Um, I, I would just say that I think that it, I would say that I, I likely would see Hearns to be on the team, um, and then I think outside of that down from there i i think it's Anybody a free-for-all can. for that fifth yeah. for that fifth spot and i don't know that maybe maybe they keep six maybe they don't mm-hmm. but i think that you're gonna have a just absolute brawl between john vea johnson jalen guyton noah brown you know lance lenore cedric wilson reggie davis devin smith who's also on this team by the way yeah uh, you know i i think i think it's gonna be just an absolute you know, slaughter between all those guys. So it'll be interesting to see exactly, you know, how that plays out. What are your thoughts on how the bottom uh, end of the wide receiver roster will look like? I mean, what, what's, what's the, the buildup, you know, the, the makeup of it and also how that competition plays out. I think everything you said was accurate. And I think if I had to put a betting favorite, you know, everybody knows my pet cat, John V. Johnson would be the guy that I put my betting money on. Just, I think he's a more advanced route runner than any of those other guys besides maybe Lance Lenore, and that, but he brings more speed than any of them besides. I mean, I think Jalen Guyton's maybe the only guy that can that can rival him, but I don't think he's as uh, developed as a receiver as Jonte Johnson is. I just think with his youth, how cheap he is, he's a UDFA, and I think that his ability to probably give you efforts on special teams as well, and to be able to uh, really stretch the field vertically, I think. He's going to be a guy. Noah Brown, never forget about him. The team loves to use Noah Brown as kind of like that that big tight end, kind of wide tight end, I like to call him, because of the way they just use him as a blocker. That's a role, right? Yeah. Like, don't you think like that's 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 whether that whether that becomes Noah Brown's job? I think that if they're going to keep a guy who can do that, right? Yeah, like I Alan that, Hearns may do I was that job. Say the thing I the reason I, they would keep six receivers is in my opinion is that they tried to want to just sneak Noah Brown onto the roster just because of that. You know, just like the talk about we've been, I've been talking a lot with the fullback position. You know, Jamez, I I think Noah Brown has kind of functioned in that H back role as they've used it these last few years, just because they put him on the field as that kind of move blocker wider. And, and if you believe all the reports that they're playing with more condensed formations, that gives the wide receivers better yep. angles. And they're going to be more involved in the blocking scheme with those crackbacks and all those type of blocks. No Brown tweet- is the perfect receiver for that kind of situation. I tweeted out a video uh, from one of the games I was watching. I can't remember which one or no, it was Joey actually who, who tweeted it out. Uh, of just exactly what that of just there was a condensed formation the Cowboys were playing with they and they ran the play the point being that it's in the playbook like it just needs to be called more and I think that's that's hopefully what uh Kellen Moore is going to do here so let's talk about tight ends you know that obviously Jason Witten's back uh, you know we don't really have any idea of what this usage is it yeah. does feel like you know despite all the guffawing and hand washing that things may be different with Jason mm-hmm. And his usage and his role on this team, 
I don't know how different though. Like yeah. I, I, it may not be very different. It may be that he goes from ninety five percent usage to eighty five percent usage. Mm-hmm. Or you know, like it, it may be nothing. It, it may end up being nothing. But I have to believe that with what they saw from Blake Jarwin last year, the way Dalton Schultz came on, they have to know that they've got I think two young tight ends that they think are on the come, you know, and I think are on their way up. Uh, and then obviously Rico showed improvement last year, but I, I think that that is probably an afterthought. My concern now is, yes, I want Jason Witten on the field because I do think he still has something left. I, I think that if a year off from the, from the field may actually help someone his age, uh, especially since it wasn't an injury year off, you know? So, um, I'm interested to see how he, where he fits on, on this team specifically. Uh, but I think to me, I'm even more interested in how the other tight ends get their opportunities to grow, which I think is just as important. Yeah. I really think that we're going to see uh, Dalton Schultz really, really improve and make big gains this year. We saw toward the end of the last year, how he was becoming a really impactful blocker in the running game. And I think, through this offseason, you've heard little murmurs about him being a little bit better in the passing game, and I think you're going to see that continue in the training camp. I wouldn't be surprised if he was the tight end number two coming out of coming out of training camp, whereas I think Blake Jarwin kind of holds that spot right now because of his big game uh, last year against the Giants with that three-touchdown performance. But I really think Dalton Schultz is a little bit more well-rounded. The blocking game comes to him a little bit better, and I think he if he just opens up, uses his athletic ability a little bit more, he can become more of a threat as a receiver as well. And you'll see him utilized a lot. I'm just, I'm just really excited to see what he can bring to both sides. I think he's a guy that when Rick retires, he could be kind of that guy that holds the mantle for a year or two until the Cowboys maybe draft again. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I, I think a lot of it's going to be about snaps and about usage and, and getting the opportunity to grow into that position. So, uh, for both of those guys. So it'll be interesting to see, um, uh, you know, if there's, if there's what the balance is there and how, how they, how they find balance there um, at, at offensive line. You know, I think the questions are what, what's Travis Frederick going to come back? Like what's happening at left guard? Um, you know, who's, who's exactly is the starter. It's, it seems sure seems like Connor Williams is heavily penciled in there with, Borderline Inc. But I thought Xavier um, Suofilo was better. That's yeah, what everybody told no, me. I, Rumors. I don't think. I don't think. <laughs> um, this this is a group with incredible depth. You know, I, so really the question is if Frederick can come back the way he was, which you know there's definitely, uh, you know some there's lots of precedent for for people with this condition coming back and playing at a high level at the same kind of high level that they played at before once it's once it kind of runs its course. Uh, then really, I think this the question that the talk here is just how incredibly deep this uh, this offensive line is uh, and talented. And, and really, after having having taken a step back last year with Frederick being gone, Martin basically limping the entire season, and uh, and left guard, you know, confusion with Xavier Suafilo, and then eventually Connor Williams once he figured it out a little bit better later in the season. I think you know now with a stronger, much bigger Connor Williams. This goes back to being one of the top units in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, the three all pros up front with having them all back together and healthy, fingers crossed, knock on wood. 
I think you're going to see the effectiveness of the run game, especially improve. I think you're going to see those leaky holes and pass protection close up a little bit. And yeah, I'm really excited to see the gains that Connor Williams is going to make this year. He's added bulk and we all uh, posited that last year, a lot of his issues came because of a lack of bulk. So it's going to be, I'm going to be looking forward that if the technical issues that Connor Williams had last year, now that he has adequate bulk, hopefully that those go away this year. That's going to be something I'm going to have a really, really keep a close eye on things like him leaning on contact, things like him getting his base too wide, stuff like that. I want to see that happen less and less this year. Now that he has a little bit more strength to fall back on. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm thinking that he, I wasn't surprised. I mean, I think we all knew that he would not have a problem with uh, with getting into the workroom and doing what he needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think that if anything, uh, you know, this is a situation where it's just now. It's just we just need to see it. You know, now we need to see what where where things are because uh, uh, it's it's. It's it's we've talked about it enough we've heard enough about it it's it's time to actually kind of get a visual update of what's going on mm-hmm. um, on defense like I think you know we talked about it a little bit it seems like it's that hasn't gotten as much of the uh, hubbub but there's you know, there's still a ton going on here um, Demarcus Lawrence resign and, and the, the addition of Robert Quinn um, I think gives you is that that's going to be so fun. I cannot yeah, wait it really until week is. one to and, see and, those two line up across from each other and race to the quarterback. Yeah, it really is. And, and I think the idea that being able to uh, uh, give Robert Quinn, you know, cover and, and, and seeing, you know, because he's, he's not going to be the guy facing the double teams all the time specifically. Uh, I think that's going to be fun to see what Quinn does with one-on-one left tackle block. So um, I think defensive tackle really is where the improve the most improvements now uh, before we move from in though uh, yeah i think clearly they know something about randy gregory yeah um so i'm just gonna like for this you know i everyone else kind of wants to do the well let's pretend like he's not here let's for this exercise i'm, I'm gonna pretend like he is here and um yeah, we do what we he, want I, it, yeah, we do what we want. Uh, I, I just think it's 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 a great now you've got a really great rotation, man. Like, I mean, Dorrance Armstrong, I I really truly believe is going to come on strong this year. Mm-hmm. I believed in him last year. Uh, reports are seem pretty good. You've got Kerry Hyder, uh, and you've got Randy Gregory. Uh, somewhere in there is a is a Taco Charlton, <laughs> um, and, and and I think at, with all that, you just kick Crawford in, and now suddenly. Um, you've got if you if you're able to do that now suddenly you've got Malik Collins, Tyrone Crawford, and Tristan Hill as your under tackles, mm. and you got Antoine Wood and Christian Covington, and then uh, you know Daniel Weiss, Ross, Ricky Walker, uh, someone else off the off the someone else's team yeah. as your third interior. I think you really got a good group there yeah. now, and uh, I, I so let's talk about uh, this this defensive line group and 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 really. Where do you think it matches up with the, you know, as far as depth wise, where do you think it matches up with, with in relation to the rest of the league? I think it matches up really well. I think they got a lot, a lot, a lot of depth. I think they obviously don't have the upper level talent at the three technique position, especially that other teams have, but they hope that Tristan Hill can develop into a guy that can get them into that kind of stratosphere. But as far as depth, they got it. They got it. They can platoon these, these units as good as almost, I think any defensive line in the, in the uh, 
in the NFL outside maybe Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia obviously has a ton of defensive linemen and keep picking all my favorite defensive linemen every year, and it makes me cry. But, yeah, this this defensive line, this defensive tackle position especially has a lot of good depth. Defensive end has a lot of good depth. Especially left defensive end has a lot of really, really good depth. And then, like you said, if Randy Gregory's back, right defensive end, you got a lot of depth. Then you bring pick Tyrone Crawford in. Tyron Crawford inside, you can have quite a NASCAR package on uh, nickel downs, and that's something that I can't wait to see. Yeah, I mean, the the, com- the combination, I mean, the thing is about this group is that it's, they're all going to get used. You mm-hmm. know, they're all going to get, they're all going to get uh, uh, heavy snaps because of the rotation, and they'll get kicked in and out and moved around, and, and you know, they'll use stunts and loops, so these guys are going to be coming at you from all different directions. Yeah, I mean, I just think that this is as much talent as this this uh, team has had a defensive line with, with since Marinelli's been here, I think, and and I'll, it'll be interesting to see exactly uh, how that all susses itself out. And speaking of talent, the linebacker group is really just freakish. Like, I mean, I, I you know somebody was I think they were. Does anybody it can anybody go three? Does anybody have a better linebacker unit three wide than we do? I can't. I mean, who could possibly? I don't know. Is it is it even possible? I I mean, what what who plays strong side linebacker for Seattle? KJ that KJ Wright or see the will. KJ Wright's the weak will. side. Yeah. Then who is who is the strong side now? I I don't know, but I never heard of him. I yeah. heard of Sean Lee. So, you know. Some scrub. <laughs> I, I, Some scrub. Yeah. Scrub. <laughs> he ain't Sean Lee. Scrub. I can tell you that. And, and and beyond that, like who who can go four deep when you include Joe Thomas? Because Joe Thomas is something else. Oh man. yeah. <laughs> like, man, he so, he legitimately took over the preseason at times last year by himself, and because yeah, we have so much depth at the Mike and Will linebacker position, he didn't really get to play in the regular. Then everybody yeah. forgets about how well how good he he's fantastic, and you know, I watched him make some plays on special teams too, and some of these games I'm watching like. I love Joe Thomas. I feel like we don't sing his praises enough, but I mean, just to kind of suss this out, I mean, best linebacker crew in the NFL? I Them or maybe, I was thinking maybe Carolina is close with Peakley, uh, Shaq Thompson, and I think Thomas Davis is still there, or is he? No, he's gone. That's, yeah. He's gone. He yeah, moved so to, actually, yeah, to Denver probably or the Cowboys. There. Probably the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm trying to it's, think in my head. Just, no, no one has. First of all, no one in the NFL has two linebackers like Jalen and Late. First of all, no, they no. may have somebody who's better than both of them, like Luke Keekley or Bobby Wagner or something like that. But no one has two like that. Then when you add yeah. Conley, KJ Wright, I don't think is as good as Late. Oh no, not even close. No. Not even. Yeah, last year, not even close. It's not gonna. We can't. Yeah, but certainly not next year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's probably the best best group in the NFL. Um, anything else on linebackers before we move move back to the uh, one thing? I'm off? really I'm excited to see uh, Justin Mark Lillard. I think he's an exciting yeah. guy reserve who brings a lot of speed to, the, and I'm not opposed to him getting after once in a while. He's good on special. He's someone who I'm interested to see even more of. Battled freeze last year, if I remember correctly. But I'm like I said, I'm excited to see what he brings. Chris Covington, he's another guy who's intrigued. We've heard stuff about Kyle Quero. Thing, uh, showing up in these OTAs mini camps, so it's going to be a fun position to watch over training camp and preseason. Should see a lot of talent. Yeah, I mean, it's 
I think it's the group that kind of ignited this defense last year and, and the, the talent ascension that happens with Leighton and Jalen at the same time, seemingly, uh, really just kind of they fed each other and then they fed the rest of the defense too with their energy. All right, the back end. Uh, I mean, speaking of good groups, uh, I, I have to think that our top four corners, one through four, yeah. have to be in, in the talk for, you know, as far as best groups, you know, one through four, right? Like, I think you, Byron Jones, you know what you've got at cornerback to a certain degree. Now, the question is where they're going to be deployed and how, but, uh, you know, Byron Jones, uh, Chido Bay, Awuzie, uh, Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, and uh, they're all going to be, and then that's, I mean, that's not even the, the list. Like that's just the guys that, you know, are going to definitely be on the team and they're going to see playing time. Uh, and the question is in what percentages. Uh, and then you've got, you know, Michael Jackson, who they was, they really like is a fifth round pick. Mike Jackson, yeah, I guess we should probably start cool. calling him. Yeah. I mean, big enough that he could probably play safety if they had yeah. actually had to. And then Donovan Olumba from last year, he came back. I mean, he's uh, had two uh, picks this, this yeah. week in minicamp. And just kind of is a very good physical fit for what they're looking for. Um, this is a good group, man. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I, I think this is going to be a group that they're going to have to find. And, and it's this group that's really going to make, you know, they're going to have a lot of tough decisions. Like how many of these guys are they taking versus safeties? And, and, and because they got four guys that are pinned in there, right? They're made the team. Unless one of them's getting traded, those four guys are definitely making the team. You know, Mike Jackson, uh, CJ Goodwin because of his, you know, value with special teams. Uh, these are all guys who are going to be making, uh, you know, pleas for, for, for uh, other kind of things. And, and I don't know that it's, it's, it's going to be a very difficult competition for all these guys. And, and I think it's going to be hard to kind of suss out who's doing what and, and who's actually going to make the team. The question is really how many are we going to get? And, and guys like Chris, Chris Westry, it's like, I think the best you can hope for for someone like that is is uh you know practice squad situation. So, mm-hmm. uh, why don't you give me your your thoughts on on the cornerback position, especially up top, and then you know how many they think they'll keep and and who's going to be eligible for that last those last few spots. Yeah, one guy who I really wanted to emphasize was Anthony Brown, the uh the at the slot cornerback position. I think a lot of people get in their head that Jordan Lewis is really the third best cornerback in this on this team because of the swagger he plays with and his demeanor and how cool he is on social media and all those different types of things. But don't get it twisted. I think Anthony Brown is a better player at this point. He's much more physical in coverage. He's much more athletic. He's better at attacking the catch point. He's better at creating deflections and he's a better asset in the run game. He's bigger. He's stronger. He can take on blocks a little bit. He can get off blocks a little bit more. He doesn't get engulfed by blocks like Jordan Lewis would at his size. So I just really wish that Cowboys fans gave Anthony Brown the credit he deserves. I think that they think back to the year before where he kind of disappointed he didn't produce at the level that he wanted to. But last year under Chris Richard playing predominantly in the slot, I thought he performed at a very, very high level. I think he was one of the better spot defenders in the entire NFL. And then when you go beyond that, I'm really excited about Michael Jackson. He's a bully at the line of scrimmage, really fits with Chris Richard, wants to do things like an intelligent player. I'm excited to see how he's going to grow and improve. Chris Wester is a guy I've talked about a lot. He's the best athlete of the entire bunch. Super long, super tall, very rangy. It's going to be interesting to see how he develops as we go along. And then, yeah, like 
CJ Goodwin has a chance, always has a chance just because of his special teams ability. He has great size. And then Donovan Olumba, he's a guy who continues to show up in these OTAs and minicamps. And he may not have the athleticism the others do, but he has the size and he has the experience in this team that the others don't have as well. Really excited to see what these group as a whole does against a wide receiver group that has a lot of talent. There's going to be a lot of really great battles throughout. Anthony Brown has been on the team for three years. He's had two great years, one bad year. That seems like pretty easy math to me. You guys should be appreciating Anthony Brown. He's played really well and made plays for this team for a long time. Um, Let's move on to safety. Um, Obviously, people, I think, were kind of generally disappointed that there wasn't more hay made at this position, but I just don't believe that they needed to make a bunch of hay at the strong safety spot. You know, they, I think they, they kind of spended judiciously at a, spent ju- judiciously at a position that, you know, you shouldn't overspend at. And, uh, you know, I think that they are banking on the development of a- Xavier Woods and anyone who's listened to this podcast or fans of either one of us or anybody who's watched Xavier Woods on the All-22 week-to-week yeah. progressing knows that that there's a lot of optimism for by some people for him in his development. Um, I like the George Iloka edition. I don't think we've seen the a benefit of it yet. I mean, he's still not, he's not the starting strong safety and that's, I guess not to be surprised once we get the pads on, let's see what, let's see how that changes. All the talk that I've heard from George Iloka is positive talk because it is talking about his usage being more in the box. Yeah, how he's happy down, about that. Down. How he's glad that he yes, gets that. Yes, th- both those things. That fact that, that they've told him that and that that's what he wants to do make me very excited because that's when when he got signed, that's my thought process. We you know, we we I heard from a lot of different people from Minnesota, from Cincinnati, um, you know, that you know, oh, well he was a free safety and you know, he he played a lot of back and um and you know, even if you look at, you know, our lads or any of those guys, they list George Iloka you know their their guesstimation on where Iloka is going to play is a free safety spot. It doesn't sound like that according to him. Yeah. And and I you know just if you look at at Chris Richard's history of of these type of long de- box defenders, he he's you know he he could definitely fit that role. So uh, talk to me about the starting three or those three guys, and let, and then we could talk about the rest in a second. I think everybody knows that follows me or reads my work that I'm not the biggest Jeff Heath fan. I think his Inability to tackle in the run game is a really huge is a really huge slight on his game and a really big issue on the Cowboys defense. I wish that the Cowboys would have made a, a not I don't wish they spent big money, but I wish they would have looked a little bit more to uh, improve on Jeff Heath, a guy like Adrian Phillips, who's with the Chargers, a guy that stands out who I was standing for all offseason. But I do like the George I look abroad. He's cheap. It's obvious that the Cowboys don't want to spend allocate the resources toward strong safety that you would need to get a, a capable starter or or a high level starter at the position. They obviously have dollars that need to be allocated elsewhere with all the extensions elsewhere. So I think they think that Jeff Heath is a guy they can win with, and that Iloka is a guy that he can complement his skill set. The thing about Iloka is I think that if he play, if no one gets hurt, he's gonna if he sees time, it's gonna be as a box safety. But I do think that if Xavier Woods got hurt, he would fill in at the free safety position before a guy like Tavon Frazier or Donovan Olumbo. Yeah, I think, you know, mostly uh, what they should be looking to do is I'm hoping that Aloka takes that spot and then Jeff kind of plays the third safety. I think he's, 
Yeah, I think he can handle being like a, a cover two safety, like a split field safety. Yeah, yeah. I think he can even handle being, you know, in the single high as a backup. You know, I, I mean, I, not as a long term solution, but I, I don't I don't feel like he's going to kill you out there. Mm-hmm. I think he can do the box stuff. But but the problem is, is exactly what you talked about. He's not a consistent tackler. And, and that's extremely problematic. And, uh, you know, in in the box, especially. And it can be pretty problematic too if he's the last line of defense and not making a tackle. So, um, I think Aloka is very much the opposite of that. Like his physicality and his tackling ability is is part of that's better part of the game. A little bit further down the roster, we're talking uh, probably the two guys that are the next grouping are Donovan Wilson and Kajon Kavon Frazier, who are probably vying for the last two spots on this roster on the safety roster. I wouldn't be surprised at Darian Thompson. I mean, he sounds like he is making some noise there and maybe we'll do some things, but I think really it's going to come down to Wilson and Frazier. Uh, Frazier, who has experience, is a special teams guy for sure. And Wilson, who's already kind of come in here and uh, it, it, you know made some noise already. I think he's had at least a couple different picks if I, that I've heard about. So uh, talk about those guys. And, and, and do you think Donovan Wilson, like where – could could he make a vying, a, you know, a, a run at the starting spot? Is that even possible, or is is he still a year away from that kind of? Role? I think he's still a year away from that. He's still a little slight. Needs to put on some bulk. I think if you put him out there now with his hitting ability and the way he wants to hit, he's gonna end up hurting himself. Honestly, I think he needs to put on add a little bit more shield, a little bit armor to his body that they can handle, so that he can throw his body and use it the way he wants to and become that really hitting force in the middle of the Cowboys defense but I do think he's going to beat out a guy like Kayvon Frazier this year I think that his youth his athleticism and all that jazz is going to allow him to beat out a guy like Kayvon Frazier and I think that could potentially be a little a bit of an upgrade from the defensive perspective I don't know if he'll be as dominant of a special teams player as Kayvon Frazier is but from a purely backup special team or not special teams backup defensive point of view I think he could be an improvement yeah, and I I like the I like where he's trending. I like I like the player. I I agree. I think if he gets some you know shielding on him, get some strength uh, next year, he this is definitely a guy who could be vying for a starting position. So, um, let's uh, let's wrap it up. I, I think you know we we uh, we think Brett Maher is the kicker. Jones <laughs> is the punter. I don't really. That's what we, hey, too last year we that. don't know though. Last year we yeah, got that page. Well, we didn't know then either. So I guess, yeah. Uh, LP Latticer, obviously the long snapper. Uh, you know, I think this is as talented a roster as we've seen going into training camp in a while. Um, so we'll see if that how that actually plays out. But I'm excited, man. We've, we've got a couple, uh, what, about a month, month yeah. and a half? Yep. Uh, yeah, well, just about a month and a half. And then um, we're going to be in training camp uh, mode, which Ooh. is going to be fun. Um, so I'm excited. Uh, definitely stick with us and make sure that you're uh, checking back with us. We'll, we'll have another pod next week. We're going to keep doing this weekly. And, uh, we got to talk know, the good place. Yeah, Don't well, we definitely got to wrap up because all the news, the good place, you know, maybe next week when during this lull, we'll do some, uh, we'll do some entertainment pods. We could talk, yeah. we, you know, we, we could do a long Marvel stuff yeah. thing. We could, yeah, we got a lot of things to catch up with. So uh, some of the non-football stuff during the non-football times, guys, make sure you check us out uh, on Twitter at McCoolBCB. John is at John owning. 
uh, and at Best Coast Boys at, with a Z at the end. Special thanks as always to Mike Fisher. Follow him at Fish Sports. Catch us all on Cowboys 247. That's 247sports.com forward slash NFL forward slash Dallas dash Cowboys. Or check us out on the Anchor app or wherever you get listen to your podcast. Rate and review five stars. Please don't be a hater. Do not be a and hater. And until next week, happy trails, everybody. <laughs>